As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their reserve collection, CBD gummies with 5 milligrams of THC. The Reserve Collection is a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold. The Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Reserve Collection gummies. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I hope you all are enjoying your summer as much as we are. We enjoy very much being part of your summer by providing you with hopefully helpful information and useful answers to your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. That's grist for the mill for this program. Also, uh, if you want to record a question for the Intelligent Medicine Radio Show, and you prefer um, to just phone it in, I know this is a good thing for people who are illiterate. You know, are there some people who are illiterate? They can't write email, so they can just call. They can just call. 877-726-8255. And you can record your question anytime, 24-7, 365, and we'll use those questions on our weekly radio program. Um, Okay. Okay. So we have a question on... This is from Hilda. I've listened for decades. Once I heard you both talk about certain vitamins which rev up the system when taken later in the day. Since I take 25 different supplements, including ubiquinol, B12, can you list those vitamins best taken early in the day? Because I have a tough time sleeping. Oh. This is from Hilda. Okay. Well, uh, results may vary. Yeah, that's true. But typically, the things that are energizing are B vitamins. True. For some people, B vitamins are a little bit kind of caffeinated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no caffeine, but the fact yeah, is like... they're energizing. They're energizing. Yeah. Um, although for many people, not. Mm-hmm. And there's an, uh, an argument could be made that some of them actually are a little relaxing and sedating, like B6 could have a relaxing effect. And so does P5P. P5P, right. Yeah. And, and inositol right, has certainly. a very sedating mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. Sometimes those are added to a B yeah. complex, so yeah. it's not so revving, so energizing. Yeah. Right? We know that B12 can be that way. Ubiquinol can be. Yeah, I, you, could, usually, I don't get a buzz from that, yeah. but you know, I guess yeah. it's possible. And now, I felt a difference between regular CoQ10 and ubiquinol. Oh. But I knew what I was taking. If somebody fed it to me blinded, right. Would I get the same result? I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. I really wonder about that. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, uh, what is potentially relaxing, uh, generally uh, magnesium yes. tends to be relaxing and often is suggested you take a magnesium towards the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, although it's not likely that taking magnesium in the morning is going to make you conk out, you know. No. But, no, not necessarily. Um, and depending on the form, too, to some, to some degree. 
Yeah. You know, are there any energizing supplements? You know, like I'm thinking. I think DHEA possibly. Yeah, DHEA. Well, DHEA is. Because we take uh, that in the morning. Yeah, it's you, you know sort of an adrenal supplement, I guess maybe. Uh, ashwagandha is an adaptogen, which generally means that it's not relaxing or uh, s- that stimulating. It's but some people may be sensitive to its effects. Right. Um, yeah. You know, uh, rhodiola mm-hmm. is an adaptogen, which mm-hmm. can be helpful for mood, generally not too excitatory. I'm thinking of green tea, EGCG, can be energizing for some people. Yeah, yeah. I, apart from the, and most of yeah. it's decaffeinated. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so you may feel, you know, if you have trouble sleeping, Hilda, take your EGCG earlier in the day and not at dinner. Maybe cocoa flavanols, you know. Oh, they, yeah. They, you know, they sometimes have a that little caffeine uh, content. Uh, and it's sure. a little energizing, more of a morning thing. I, yeah. You know, if you want to have vivid dreams, take them near bedtime, you know. Right. <laughs> or something like that. Generally CBD later in the day, although it's not going to make you drowsy earlier in the day. Right. Uh, THC, for me, uh, things that have THC in them uh, can make, can actually make it more difficult for me to fall asleep because I get into kind of this sort of like a, a bit of a stoner reverie, you know, with like... Do you get the munchies? I didn't, don't, don't, do not get the munchies, okay. but I do get like a, almost like a little, uh, instead of relaxing, I start to, you know, have very creative visions. Right. And it, and it takes me longer to fall asleep. Uh, I think so Carl I got, Sagan wrote entire books on... On pot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's who's the comedian of the '60s passed away? It was like uh, the controversial one, you know, with the eight the eight swear words. George Carlin. George Carlin. The seven swear words you can't. I say saw a documentary about him. Uh-huh. He was stoned virtually every performance, which Whoa. and which is interesting because he was very sharp and quick with very sharp. And he so it, so. it he it didn't he did not miss a beat. No, he was he really meshed with the with pot. Where other people just kind of become tongue-tied. Yeah. Um, I would not like to do Q&A with Layla after smoking a couple of, especially the type of marijuana that's circulating these days. Oh, my really goodness. Really strong, really strong stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I would take, as my thought was to take the CBD reserve, mm-hmm. which has minimal THC at bedtime, because I don't think THC works that well for sleep, although for some people it might. Some Sometimes are. it's a paradoxical reaction. For example, alcohol is supposed to be a central nervous system yeah, depressant. Yeah. But if you're having a few beers and then getting like cleaning the house and doing the laundry, it's not a depressant for you. It it fed your dopamine. Okay. It did something. Okay. It kind of depends on where you're at. But Hilda, if you want to get sleepy in the evening, take some inositol, take some magnesium. Take some theanine. L-theanine is wonderful. Uh, also, that. consider you know, I, I I still think that a lot of people look to things to take supplements to take, and I think yeah. that a good way to tackle sleep problems is with something called CBTI, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, and find a place where you can get it, or you can even take some CBTI courses online, where they kind of do a sleep uh, checkup on you. And you can address some of the behaviors that interfere with your proper night's sleep, and even attitudes. And in no way, shape, or form 
Should your phone or your tablet be on the nightstand? These are among the suggestions. You can't yep. be listening to your phone, yep. looking at an update. Yep. This cannot happen during yep. the night. Yep, yep, yep. Do it all day long if yep. you want to. Yep. But no, it, people people don't know how to get ready for sleep anymore. Mm -hmm. Devices are never turned off or turned down before bedtime. They are chronically on. Mm -hmm. And they're at the head of their bed, right. which is even more worrisome. They should not be in the bedroom. Yep. Even point your clock radio away, your digital clock. Oh, yeah. Point that away. You, you don't want to look at that you light. You and do, you don't want to see what time it is. You don't that want to see that anxious. it's 3.30 in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm still not sleeping. And yeah, I have to yeah. be up in three yeah, and a half yeah, hours. Yeah. You don't, it, you that don't need help. that kind of stress. Yeah. So, and Hilda, stop any and all caffeine well, at, before the, noon. What we're, we're, we're essentially recapping is yeah. some of the CBTI yeah. uh, injunctions right, right there. Right. And I know that you work with our patients often on sleep-related issues. So you kind of major in nutrition and minor in exercise and in sleep hygiene when we when you talk to patients because we want to do a kind of a comprehensive evaluation and yeah. work on a lot of the whole the person. whole lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of that. And it's important to have regular sleep time, all of that. But yeah, I'm trying to think of any other supplement that may rev or feel more energizing. Anything that has caffeine in it as a byproduct or, or mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Look for that, Hilda. Look at your supplement ingredients and see if there's anything there. Yeah, I think she's as well. going to be pretty careful about that. Yeah. Okay, good point which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share an important message with you. So listen up. Here goes. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are the underwriters for this free broadcast, so we appreciate your attention and hopefully your patronage. And now back to our questions. This comes from Cecilia. Dear Dr. Hoffman, I've listened to you since your first radio show. My goodness. Wow. That dates her. That dates her. Yeah. Cecilia says, never thought I would write on behalf of my very healthy husband, 5'10", 148 pounds, Wow, that's lean. Yeah, he's lean. Runner, hiker, biker, advanced skier, eats slow carb, very healthy. Yeah. His calcium score is two is one hundred twenty one. However, uh, it's all in one artery. Uh, His cardiologist ordered the following tests: CT, angiogram, coronary arteries with fractional flow reserve. Oh, well, 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 that yeah. is that dovetails exactly into the article that I wrote last week. Ah. Which is okay. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the, let two things. Let's talk about this unusual phenomenon of a super healthy guy, great yeah. weight, very athletic, who has a calcium score. Guess what? 
Yeah. There's recent study has shown that very high-end endurance athletes are more prone to have higher calcium scores. Wow. On the other hand, they are very fit. They have good blood pressure, good blood sugar. They're not obese. So the net effect may be that that's not so bad. But they, it is, we've got to admit that very high-end exercisers may, through shear forces yeah. on their arterial walls, have some injury and some calcification. Uh, so that is true yeah. and not entirely surprising. All right, so let's take it step by step. And as I did in my article, he has some risk. Yeah. Because the score is 110. Uh, 121. He, 121. Yep. Mm -hmm. It is all localized in one artery, which yeah. is both good and also bad. Because if it were all spread out evenly, it might be like a small dusting through yeah. all his arteries. But it might be all concentrated in one place, which constitutes blockage. So he is about to have a test called a CTFFRC. Fractional flow. Oh. Which stands okay. for fractional yeah. flow. Okay. So three steps in this. One is a, is a static picture that quantitates mm -hmm. your calcium, which is what he had, which mm -hmm. is the CAC. That's a relatively inexpensive test. We sometimes refer to it as an EBT heart scan. I've been doing it for you know, 20, 25 years on patients. Yeah. And the good score is zero, and a low score is good, but any score that's a little bit, you know, in the double high double digits or in the hundreds, you got to pursue because it might mean cardiovascular risk. Yeah. So, but how do you know if there's a flow problem? Well, in the old days, you'd have to send somebody to for a cardiac catheterization. We have to thread something up your femoral artery or your wrist, and you go into the heart, you shoot some dye, and that's not without some. Risk. Potential downsides are rarely you can have bleeding, you can have like heart damage, you know, from the catheter. So you don't want to do that necessarily. Plus, when you're in there, yeah. sometimes they say, well, we see a blockage, we fix it for you. Oh, did I sign an authorization for that? Yeah, yeah, it's routine. You know, if we see a blockage, we get to fix it. You don't want to be on that table unless yeah. you really have to be on that table because you might end up with a stent, mm -hmm. which, you know, we put too many of them in anyway. So sometimes they're justified, but overall they may be overdone. So there is this test now. I, I did actually podcast on something called the Clearly Test, which measures yes. the plaque quality. Is it soft plaque? Is it hard plaque? More the dangerous kind? Uh, where is it localized? Is there potentially a flow problem? But it yeah. still doesn't show what the flow is, and this. FFR, fractional flow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't remember the initials. Coronary arteries with fractional flow reserve. Right. Fractional okay. flow reserve okay. is now a test, and it's it's done with a CT, and it gives you a three-dimensional picture of the coronary vasculature with an estimation of flow without going in. It mm -hmm. is non-invasive. They do have to inject some dye, but yeah. it's relatively harmless. And it, according to a recent trial called the Precise Trial, and I, if you want to learn uh -huh. more about it, just you can get all the references. It's in my newsletter last week. So interesting that this person asked this precise question that I addressed in yeah. something, you know, like as if they knew. Yeah. Um, so the timing was good. What the Precise Trial indicates is that it sends people for cardiac catheterization who appropriately should get cardiac catheterization, and it refrains from sending people for cardiac catheterization who have a negative cath. Mm -hmm. So it reduces the expense and the 
potential harm of cardiac catheterization, yeah. and it's more selective non-invasive test. Now, is it routinely available? Because some people say, I want that fractional flow, blah, blah, blah. It's, there are very few places that do that. Ah. And I don't know what the insurance deal is on that. Uh, it'd be interesting to talk to this person, yeah. because this is a top-of-the-line test. It's brand new. Yeah. The insurance companies may not be willing to pay for it in all instances, it's definitely going to be more expensive yeah. than you know coronary calcium score, that raw score. But I was able to call somebody today. Mm-hmm. I, I said to this gal, she had some high numbers, and I said, let's just see if you have plaque. I was able to tell her zero, 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 zero in all her arteries. Yeah. You know, yeah. have a nice life. Um, but uh, yeah. that test is two, three hundred bucks. The clearly test I think retails for like 1200 bucks yeah uh, that and then there's this is an even more sophisticated test the mm-hmm. flow thing I don't know what it costs and yeah. whether it's covered and it's only done at a few major centers now okay but it, it, it was just uh, validated mm-hmm. as being a real good way of determining who is high risk yeah so Cecilia's husband's cardiologist ordered the CT, the angiogram, the coronary arteries with fractional flow reserve, and an echocardiogram. And the diagnosis? Atherosclerosis of coronary artery without angina pectoris, right bundle branch block. Okay. So guess what? Hmm. The guy's like really active. He doesn't have a lot of cardiovascular risk factors. Mm -hmm. He could do fine. Yeah. The question is only should he be on a statin or something? And that's what Cecilia wants to know. Discussion with the cardiologist ended with agreement that he should take red yeast rice. I know, Dr. Hoffman, that you sometimes say it's better to take the statin. Yeah. What do you think? This is kind of like, okay, you got a headache. What are you going to do? You're going to go to a white willow bark, chop up the bark, you know, make some like white willow bark tea, or are you going to take an aspirin? <laughs> you know, it is essentially the same thing. Yeah. One is more, quote, natural. Right. And the other, so... It actually is the similar compound in red yeast rice. Yes, it is There's uh, some a monocalin, there, right? which is a which is a statin. It's an HMG CoA reductase inhibitor mm. in nature, which actually inspired the development of these synthetic statins. Yeah. So if you really want to hit the cardiovascular risk, take a statin. Yeah, and I know mm-hmm. for some people that is like the cross to the vampire. Like I'm like a traitor to the cause of integrative medicine by saying take a drug, but I gotta say if somebody is at high risk. Now I don't think this guy is particularly high risk, but yeah. you know you could. It's 121, and, not and, 621. And you know if he said I don't want to do it, yeah, or if he didn't tolerate it, like if say he takes the statin and he says you know my exercise performance is really you can't down. walk up the stairs or something. Yeah, yeah. I say don't do it because you know. In his situation, probably 50 guys would have to take a statin for one guy to prevent a heart attack. Mm. That one guy would be very grateful. Sure. But 49 guys would be unnecessarily burdened by taking it. Yeah. So if he has a problem with it, now, and if he said, I want to take a reduced stress, I said, okay, you'll get some protection. Mm-hmm. If it makes you feel better that you're taking something from a health food store as opposed to a drug store, I'm okay with that. It's less strong. Mm-hmm. It's less standardized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably less impacting on the liver, because liver function still well, needs to be watched. Right. It less 
Right. Yeah. I mean, Hopefully. less side effects. Yeah. Depends on how much they're taking. Less side effects. I mean, we've seen brand new patients come in. They have high liver enzymes. We just met them. We don't know why. And we find out they've been taking red yeast rice for the last two years. Self-prescribed. Right. Or, but it, not so much with red yeast rice, but with... Uh, niacin. With, with niacin, but also statins routinely cause that. Sure. And doctors recognize they, they let it go. They let it go. I don't think that's great. No. No. You could live without your brain. You could be in a coma without your brain the rest of your life. You will not live 24 hours without your liver. That's <laughs> Save the liver. Save, Save the liver. liver. Cecilia, thank you for this very thoughtful question. Best and, of luck to your very healthy husband. And if you haven't already, just go to uh, drhuffman.com. That's our website. And yeah, subscribe to our newsletter. And you know, it's gonna, you're going to get a newsletter in your inbox every week. And if it doesn't interest you, no problemo. I get so much email, some of which I catches my eye and some of which doesn't. Um, you know, no coercion, no suasion that you've got to read every single line. But if it's going to, you know, if it if it is relevant, you can read it. And Layla and I yep. uh, write our own copy, which is unusual. A lot of people, you know, uh, some people have said, hey, you know, you know you're, you're working really hard on the newsletter. We can provide you with a service where we can write your articles for you. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's a, uh, for a very nominal cost, we'll write your articles. Mm. I said, no, I love writing. I love yeah. communication, you know, so I, it, I take the time, I enjoy it. Right. Um, you know, it's a great way to bring new information to the fore. And you, I think, enjoy Absolutely. it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're yeah. a great, great this communicator. Is, this is our, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Likewise. Th this is how we get, get the word out about yeah. important topics. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I don't. That isn't something I want to outsource. If that's something I'm weighing in on, right? Right. So because you want to put your own spin on it, absolutely. Because I think a lot of what's in the um, the media, you know, is a narrative. Yes. And what I like to do is I like to learn the narrative, and then I like to kind of take it apart and evaluate it, and mm -hmm. then maybe critique it. Yes. And you know, come up with. A, a refinement of it, or maybe even a rebuttal of the narrative, yeah. you know, and push back on it. Yes. And that's the perspective you're going to get in the newsletter. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We've got an email here from Andy. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. Thank you for taking these questions. I've been following the rules for intermittent fasting, or have I been following the rules for intermittent fasting? If I have a cup of coffee with milk or tea with lemon in the morning, mm -hmm. I don't eat food until 10 or 11 a.m. I do take several supplements with water around 9 a.m. Thank you for any information you can offer. Well, what do you think? I think it, the, the tea with lemon is a lot more innocuous, I think. True. Than the coffee with milk. The yeah, milk's the got lactose. Milk's protein. It's got some and, sugar. It's got some protein. Yeah, it's got yeah. some fat. Right. So it's not, it's the tea a is more like bit, water I mean, with it's lemon. It's a small amount, but it's still you know kind of breaking the if, fast. If you drink your coffee black, Andy. Yeah, that's fine. That would be all right. Yeah. But he's taking some supplements with water around nine a.m. If any of these are a food-based thing or some kind of a green. Powder or, or fish oil, for or example, something. Yep. that'll it's have a caloric thing. Yeah, that's a caloric thing. So that you would be breaking the fast, but then it depends on the type of calories too, because a lot of people are having bulletproof coffee yep. in the morning for their intermittent fast because that MCT oil or coconut oil or butter is pretty much being used for 
the continuation of fat burning. It'll Rather keep you than, in ketosis. It'll keep you in ketosis, yeah. which you've been achieving yeah. during the night, yeah. not eating. Yeah. So it could be but that. I'm not keen on this bulletproof coffee because what ends up happening is a lot of people do the bulletproof coffee and then they eat, you know, normal diet. Yeah. And it just adds a bunch of a big dollop of calories. We have one patient who kind of was doing it wrong. He was yeah. having two cups of bulletproof coffee every morning yeah. and eating one meal a day. But let me tell you what was in the bulletproof. <laughs> there was like three cups of coconut oil, two, uh, three cups. Two, three tablespoons of coconut oil, a couple of teaspoons of ghee, some MC. Each cup of coffee was six hundred calories. <laughs> yes, okay. It was. He was like, could, he was he like having, eat a bowl of ice cream. It was like having a Big Mac for yeah, breakfast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, don't do that anymore, <laughs> because he was complaining of weight gain. Okay. And couldn't figure out why if he was just eating one meal a day. Oh yeah, yeah. But there was twelve hundred calories in the morning. <laughs> yeah. In the bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So there was that. Okay. Andy, try to drink the coffee black. The tea with lemon yeah. should be just fine. Mm -hmm. If you really want to, take those supplements an hour later, mm -hmm. after 9 a.m. Yeah, what I do in the morning yeah. is uh, I will take a couple of supplements. I'll have like a tea, yeah, black, uh, you know, or sometimes I'll add a little stevia, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Earl Grey tea or black tea, or this morning I had like uh, a really nice licorice tea. And I, the supplements I take are, I take my nicotinamide riboside and I take Ache Action, mm -hmm. uh, which is a uh, Boswellin and uh, white willow bark. You know, there I'm using white willow bark, you know, yeah, anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Um, and uh, ginger, mm -hmm. which is anti-inflammatory. Ginger is wonderful. And, you know, then I work out and I, I can go pretty good working out with no food that's right uh, or no sugar in my water bottle mm -hmm. i can go for a really long time but you know sometimes at the end of a long bike ride i start thinking like well, what am i gonna have for breakfast yeah you know and yeah. that kind of was like well you got 10 miles to go and then you can have breakfast <laughs> and it's an incentive it's like it, yeah yeah, right. yeah but uh generally I exercise fasted, and that's actually better for uh, weight and for metabolism. Absolutely. Generally. So intermittent fasting is. It, it turns out it's better for diabetics. The question arose: Should you eat before you exercise, or should you uh, exercise in the morning fasting? And it turns out it's better for blood sugar fasting, unless you're like an insulin-dependent diabetic, where you have to really watch out. For it your is. Blood sugar. It is life-changing, and this is what blows up calories in, calories out. If you do an intermittent fast or time-restricted feeding, yeah. same you know, number of calories. Same number of calories, you will lose weight. You yeah. will have right. your metabolism will change right. in your favor. Right. If you do that intermittent fast slash time-restricted feeding, if you just eat your food within say an eight-hour period, right. or something like that, you will do much better eating the same amount of calories. How come it doesn't work in my car? Yeah, right. I could like an intermittent fast my car. Like I just put in the gas like at a certain time. It like, needs petrol. Right. It needs petrol. No, because that, yeah. that's that's the the false analogy that they use for exactly. people. Exactly. They, they think it's like like a. Uh, they a, think we're automatons. We're not. Right. There's hormones at play. Right. That's that's the right. confounder that was never considered. Well, they, it's not about calories in, calories out. Right. Burn more calories than you eat. Well, to, well, they're using almost like 19th century physics oh, model, and like a thermodynamic model of right. like 
you know, we're not like, uh, you know, steam engines. Yeah. You know, where it's calories, yeah. you know, burned for, yeah. you know, energy produced. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's all related to hormonal and metabolic factors. Exactly. And absorptive factors and microbiome and all And these all things. of that and the type of calorie determines its metabolic yeah. fate. All of that. Yeah. So that's, that's really the thing. We all need to achieve autophagy. Mm -hmm. or autophagy, right. tomato, tomato, and that peaks at the 12th hour of fasting. Okay. So we, all of us as human beings on planet Earth, we rarely have autophagy. Need to be, oh no, I make sure we have autophagy, except maybe Saturday night or something. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about we as humans. Yeah, we as humans. Allow ourselves very little opportunity. That's true. Uh, so we have to kind of recover that yeah. uh, natural process, which is... Exactly. Hunger so, is my friend. Hunger is my friend. So consider this, if you Finish eating your dinner by 8 p.m., mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Finish eating by 8 yeah. p.m. You should not have breakfast tomorrow until 8.30 a.m., so okay. after right. after the 12th hour. Yeah, I fulfilled that last night because I had like a, a, yeah. like some uh, berries with some uh, coconut yogurt last night at, at 8, and um, that was the last thing I ate. And then uh, this was a late morning in the office, so I actually had breakfast at like 9.30. Yeah, I had a later and, breakfast this yeah, morning, too, just so because. So it worked out. And it, yeah. if I don't have to go to the office, it's ideal mm -hmm. because I can really go, I can have my first meal at, at noon. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's ideal. Yeah. So, Andy, that's absolutely fine. I do advise a lot of people, if you're up and you're starving, please don't starve yourself either. Don't starve. You could be a little hungry. And you should be able to manage that as time mm -hmm, goes mm -hmm. on. But some people are just ravenous in the morning. And you could do it a different way. You could have an early, much earlier dinner where you're still able to do intermittent mm -hmm. fasting. If you finished eating dinner by 5, right. for example, and you're not having breakfast until after 8 a.m. the next day. Time-restricted eating, yeah. which is, this is, intermittent fasting is more the generic term for like, you know, maybe one day you eat less and another day you eat more and you yeah. know, regular. But in... Uh, Time-restricted eating is technically the term for these long durations. Yeah, it's an adaptation, it and is. It's, some people it, it they can't do it right away. They have to progressively uh, exactly. lengthen the amount of time, yeah. and it depends on your metabolism. I mean, there's some people who are like uh, little hummingbirds; they have to have like little little amounts of food, you know, Throughout. periodically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's That's generally stronger people with better metabolism mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. are more resilient to the effects of food deprivation. Right. Yeah, and we should strive for that. That's yeah. an adaptation we would like, like an adaptation to um, you know cold temperatures or to high levels of exercise. Right. Or, I mean, think about our prehistoric ancestors. With the, you know, they'd have to if they were hungry, they had to go hunt. Yeah. And gather. Yeah. And not until that was done, <laughs> there was no refrigerator to walk to, no bodega on the corner to shop at exactly. or anything like that. Exactly. It's a great motivator. Think about all that, yeah. All right. That's unfortunately all the time that we have, but we covered a lot of ground, I think, on today's program. Yes. And um, so forgive us if we went a little over on time, but we had some good discussions. So uh, reminder, questions at drhoffman.net is the place to go to pose questions, and you can also find supplements uh, in my full script dispensary, drhoffmanstore.com. Uh, buying through Fullscript offers fast free shipping, and you can rely on product quality because they do exercise quality control, unlike some other uh, well known purveyors of nutritional supplements. Yes. 
So there you have it. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great week, and join us for next week's edition of Q&A with Layla. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks, everybody. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.